right now so okay i don't want to get like things too spicy spicy before we get going here but i've kind of cheated on you guys and i'm been interviewed on another podcast and it hasn't come live yet but wow (laughs) okay hey this you know what this league is big enough for like six podcasts oh it's 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 not for liquored up though uh phil brooks wanted to start one with me i think or i I made something comment to them and they're like competing pod time oh oh man i've got a request for someone to come on the podcast so we might have to have a guest on next time yeah um okay so do either of you want to do the intro i think you always do it good and then we awkwardly just don't talk all right all right welcome back to the podcast i'm eric hello hello i'm brian and i'm feeling a lot better no no, uh no cold this time that's good and recently back from the pacific northwest it's nick out in madison who conveniently had internet to pick up waivers but do nothing else, right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I just didn't bring my laptop. So oh, okay. Okay. I so wasn't going to try to do all my Google spreadsheets on my phone. Who was <laughs> it? I, I, was it Pat or someone who said like, conveniently could do all the other things in the league but couldn't fulfill his duties as uh, doing the rankings? I mean, I don't have a duty as the rankings guy. It's just something that I, I like doing. Okay. I don't think it's part of any office. All right. Well, I mean, maybe it is part of the it's league unofficial. historian because, as part of this league historian, you're telling the story of the league, and you need to understand in two years to establish who was good and who was bad. And this, uh, this is you establishing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the power rankings did grow out of a need to, you know, measure everybody's, you know, previous dicks, so to speak. Uh, you know, this this actually goes really well into uh, our first transition. So um, <laughs> our first transition already. Um, so in this this episode, this is kind of a historic episode, you could say. We've got, I think it's six voicemails. What did I say? Uh, six or seven. Six, six voicemails, voicemails and two write-ins. And two write-ins. And one of them is a topic of... Well, just let me pull it up. The uh, ranking system. Um, uh-huh. So maybe we can do can that. I, the can first I stop thing, you there real quick. Yeah, go for it. What, what are you drinking? Yeah, I was going to say we'll do what. What were you drinking? Okay. And then we'll do the rankings of the, the first comment. Um, I am drinking the Long Ride Pale Ale from Confluence. Oh, nice. Sounds like a good one. Uh, so I just picked up this bad boy. Uh, it's a a brewery out of. Um, North Dakota called Drecker. I don't know if it gets to your neck of the woods, but really good brewery. Highly recommend it. This is a, a double IPA that's called Doomsday Device, and it is very tasty. Sounds very Sounds good. Sounds delicious. I got a uh, Color Me Strata, a double hazy IPA from a reunion here in Iowa City. We all got the Tall Boys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. That's kind of like the and, standard now, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't know if uh, you guys ever read <clears throat> the forty-yard dash for Sports Illustrated, but is that Pat, um, Pat Forty? Pat Forty, he's, yeah, he's the worst. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> I like reading his stuff every every week, but he always signs off by, you know, if you're ever in X city, check out this brewery. Hmm. And I was just out in Portland, and we found a brewery called uh, Great um, Great North, like on the north west side of the city that was phenomenal hmm. so if you're ever in uh portland get on up to great north brewery so i've i've portlandia is one place i don't think i will ever go really i don't know what's there it's just a fun little time it hmm. is we went to a comedy show and there was some different kind of people out there <laughs> i will um when we're done talking here eric i'll show you this picture but um we went to Portland for game of the year one year. And mm. I just remember we stepped outside of our hotel and looked to the right and there's a power line 
And you know, so like sometimes, like stereotypically, you see like a pair of truck tailors like tied up and yeah, circled around. Where the drug dealers are. Yeah. Uh, instead, there was just two dildos uh, tied <laughs> together <laughs> on the power line. <laughs> I was like, "All right, Portland." That, uh, must, we... that must be the brothel. Is that <laughs> yeah. what that is? I mean, it's it's a nut city. We went on a, a river rafting like thing, and our guide was like, "Oh yeah, if you if you want to have the best steak in the city." Uh, it's at this strip club downtown. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. So best best steak in Portland is uh, apparently at a strip club. Yeah. Well, best one he's had. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So uh, do we want to jump right into the first question that has to do with rankings or do we want to um, hit another topic along the way? Let's, let's hit the questions first. Okay. So. We're not going to hit everyone's questions and voicemails right away. We've kind of sprinkled them in throughout the episode to, to kind of make it interesting. But Jamie, Jamie writes in, um, he says, Pat's emoji power ranking systems is a better representation of liquored up over Nick's quote unquote facts and science power ranking. Uh, the emoji power ranking takes into account the human emotion of LU. Ooh. It would be fun to keep as a coach's poll for liquored up. What's your take on it, guys? I think I should let somebody else take that question. I mean, I, I, I do like the emotion portion of it. I was kind of hoping Pat would come out with a new one this week uh, just to give the loser of John and Mark three poops as their, uh, <laughs> as their team emoji for the week. See, I, I, I think it's a great idea. I think he's going to run out of emojis because he, he used the emojis that like what he knows of people and uh, used like their story, you know, in, in like, for instance, mine was like golfing, uh, a prey emoji and then something else. And then it'll be, it's going to be hard to then like, once he's got to move away from just describing the person to describing how their week was in emoji form, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it'd be tough. It'd be really tough rather than just, you know, he's with up, up thumbs up or thumbs down, you know? Um, but, yeah, if he can do it, I would love to see it. I think it's a good uh, good addition. We're always for adding new things to this league. I mean, I'm just thinking about we have the to Jamie's point. You know, the old BCS rankings were like one one third the AP, one third the coaches, and you know, like one third whatever the computers made up. I don't. know. How do we put these two together? You know, like how how do emojis translate to points to, so that we can. Uh, you this know, is, this uh, is even more like pre BCS, where it's like, yeah, oh, um, you know, you, you talk about like '97, where it's like, well, we we've got a bunch of different national champions, and whoever we feel like is a national champion, and, and ooh, I do like that. It, idea. it could be Pat could just be naming his own champion, regardless of you know of the playoff that we actually do. Ooh, that'd be great. I, I mean, yeah, co national champions. I don't know if he's this generous, but yeah, he ships out a bottle of liquor to somebody. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm all for going back and you know revisionist history, but the power rankings have never have never attempted to claim a national champion or or uh, crown one. We so should start that. I disagree, and <laughs> as as Kirk Ferentz is wont to say, rankings don't mean anything in the in the middle of the year. So as he did right before Purdue spanked us behind a, a building. <laughs> yeah. So good, good question, Jamie. I like it. Um, Wait, I don't think we really answered. Like, we kind of did. I mean, we kind of well, did. I was so, for it. BK was yeah, for it. You were. But I mean, eh. Jamie, to your point, I'll, I'll, you know, address you directly. Right. The point of the power rankings is to cut through the emotion. Right. So oh. that when people are arguing about who's, who's, who's a better team, we have cold, hard facts, wow. and and that's the purpose of the power rankings. So you know, obviously, the record on the field, uh, you know, will speak at the end of the year and claim a title for whoever whoever wins. But the power ranking system does not care about any of that artificial shit. Wow, oh, Nick has very strong emotions about this. Speaking yeah. of emotions, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Jamie. Um, that is the first uh, voice from outside that we've gotten, and we've got much, much more to come. Um, so what do you guys want to talk about? 
Uh, I mean, maybe just to hit that, I think a few weeks ago, Nick could have really gone for a coup attempt and really overthrown me as the commissioner very easily with uh, the people. I think if he did not bring up the fact that uh, John mysteriously got a victory uh, when he did not, uh, as everyone remembered it, at least. So for those that don't really understand what happened is Casey was starting to get into some bi-week hell. And he was trying to re- rearrange his roster so that he could like actually like pick up players and not have to drop everyone. And he had two, I think he had a wide receiver and a running back who were clearly wide receiver and running back. I even went to the team's websites to see how they classified the player. And they were correct as a wide receiver and a running back. But Fantrax also had made them quarterbacks. I don't know how that was the case. Um, and it seems like this happens every year where you like see like some random player that's either like a running back when they shouldn't be or quarterback when they shouldn't be. So somehow Fantrax had that. So I went back and I was like, all right, well, boom, not a quarterback anymore. What I did not know is that changed the whole year um, for that player. And so I, wh- whoever John played that week had an illegal roster, which um, because that would have meant that they had two quarterbacks on the field at the same time or something. Um, and so it was a forfeit, um, and Nick noticed this and and he could have said nothing and just let chaos happen after games happened. Um, but he chose to do the benevolent thing. I think this is a good time to do one of our voice. Well, I have, before you do your voicemail, I have two comments. One, uh, losing the commissioner cup this year, all, (laughs) all desire to stage a coup in, in 2021 was, was lost to me. (laughs) Uh, and two, I just want to, you know, the league historian to me wants to shout out to Creed, who it was not a quarterback extra distinction. He had the infamous Auburn kicker who was really a wide receiver. Uh, yeah. Like four or five yes. years ago in the that. SEC. That was hilarious. So just uh, a little call back to that. And didn't we leave it? Wasn't it left that way? I remember yeah. the boat and I was irate that that was left that way <laughs> everyone thought yeah good on creed and that's insane to keep it that way i'm sorry that was the worst decision this league's one of the worst decisions this league's <laughs> ever made um but we've we've got a quick voicemail um coming in on the phones here let me uh play that now mm, yes um hi this is janice down in the league commissioner crisis center um, BK has abandoned us. We have no leadership. Our pay's been suspended, and everything's on fire. BK, get back to us, you dick. Could you guys hear that? All right. I think that was Janice. Was it? <laughs> didn't Janice used to be a little old lady? Yeah, it, it was that Janice. Was calling about crochet. It was Janice. Yeah, I, I think. I think Janice might have been one of the ones that we laid off. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> we don't. We don't have those uh, pandemic. Um, unemployment benefits anymore yeah so she's not happy happy with the leadership uh and i'm assuming partially because of of what what the story we just talked about i mean it's uh it's been a trying year in the crisis center to to say the least and uh so there's there's a couple um voicemails tonight that have concealed their identities and so um i'm not going to give the answer of who that is yet maybe at the end we'll do some guessing um but just to make it a little more fun. What's the next I don't topic? Know. I just I distinctly remember a Janice <laughs> calling into yeah. a, a Brian in the closet episode. It, it sounds Oh, um, you know who it is then, BK? I, I I mean based on the humor I can I can make a few guesses <laughs> on who that would be. Okay. We'll um, we'll we'll wait till the end and let let our listeners kind of ponder that and then we'll I, I just, reveal who these Well, uh, speaking of are. Uh, brian in the closet you know is there any plans for that to come back or uh so i was gonna send you guys a snapchat this weekend uh for some reason failed but i was making i turned a a closet into a pantry this weekend um so i spent the entire weekend in a closet Um, (laughs) and i tried to like send it to you guys be like oh what's going on in here just to give you some teas but uh uh, i will say the uh the league website does have all the historical data or the, the episodes in one place. So if anybody yeah, is ever thinking they want to go back and relive the glory days. 
I don't know how you got those because I thought I deleted those. They're out there. <laughs> oh, every time you send them, I save them to my drive, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to some trades. We've had a lot of trades uh, yeah. going on. So um, it is, is it more than normal? Because it feels like more than normal. It. Well, I shouldn't say normal, but last year with the pandemic, I don't think there – I mean, there were – there were a number of trades, but uh, not nearly as many involving draft picks for sure, which are, you know, a lot more common these days. Um, and I think Brian has a theory on this later on about, you know, when people throw in the towel. But I think we are already over double the amount of trades as we had last year. Okay. And we're five days as recording this. This is on the 20th. Uh, the trade deadlines in five days. Yeah, Monday night. So, and and so our first topic on the trade stuff is John, um, who, according to his name, is looking for draft picks. Yeah, um, it's... <laughs> which I I would I would strongly disagree because I sent him a very good trade offer about two weeks ago while his name was looking for draft picks and included draft picks, and his response was, "No, I think I'm going to hold out a little bit and see how this plays out." And I was like. Wow. You, your name is draft pick. You were looking for draft picks. And uh, so he hasn't won since then. So maybe I'll try to send him that trade again. Well, I do think, and we'll get into a few uh, proposed trades later on, but I do think John could be an active trader as we reach the deadline. Um, just looking at uh, his current draft pick situation, he's got seven picks in the first four rounds, including three fourth rounders um, and two third rounders. So like maybe he's trying to hold out for, you know, some actual like first or second rounders. That's uh, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, you look at his roster, there's not a lot there that's worthy of a first or or second rounder. So there's a reason he's one in six or one in, Uh, Well, there is, but if you look at it, uh, let me see. He traded for with Creed and got Tyquan Thornton. Traded, he got you know good draft picks out of whatever that came from. He then flipped this Tyquan Thornton around for another third or fourth rounder. So like, you never know what John's gonna do here. Well, I'm just saying, like his team's looking pretty. It's it's dwindling now. Um, He's got some wide receivers that are decent. but yeah, I mean, the, uh, the wide receivers are what everyone wants, and unfortunately, Peter's the only one that has them. And I've heard rumors that he's not willing to part with any of them. So yeah, he's been a steel trap. He's holding on to those guys tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel bad for John this year. He's his points against him. I think is second most. I, I was looking this up earlier. It's sec- second most, and points for he's like eighth in the league. So like, he's just like had some like really bad weeks where like he scored at 150 a few weeks ago and Alex had 170 against him that week. Well, wait, um, he's, he's eighth in the league for p- points four. That's not yeah. good. Well, it's not good, but he's only has, has one win. Um, and yeah. so like, I mean, there's like a few people who have gotten a few wins that uh, have gotten scored a lot less points than him. I, th- I think he's even above you, Eric. Um, he sure uh, for points scored. Yeah, he is he's... actually. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm above him. Oh, okay, you're above them. All right. But not by much, by yeah. 11 points. 11 yeah, point so, so like, I mean, he's, his points four, it kind of is a three-win season, which really isn't that much better, I guess. But yeah, um, I kind of feel his frustration. is like, just give me some draft picks. Let's see if we can uh, turn this lemon into uh, some lemonade for next well, year. Well, I was just surprised when I sent, when his name was looking for draft picks <laughs> and I sent him an offer for draft picks and, and he just said no, no counter, no nothing. So, John, what's the deal? Well, all right. I'm, is... I'm willing to willing to trade for draft picks. Yeah, Eric's using his power here to kind of really kind of kind of force a trade here. I like this. Well, I mean, uh, Pat was out there ringing the ringing the doorbell for wide receivers this morning <laughs> as well. So, yeah, I mean, this could be a bidding war here for. I mean, the dregs of John's team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. Uh... I mean, I put some players in the trading block just to see if anyone would would come. You know, some nibbles. Does, and 
do you think anyone looks at the trading block very much? I mean, we we all put things on there, but no one checks that. Yeah, I mean, a single damn person. Not well, a person. For for me, I I did have some nibbles, but it was like, all right, so like, how many draft picks do I have to give you to to take your team apart? And and I I just still think that I just I might be able to work something out for uh slipping into you know the final four, but uh. So, I mean, I, I know I can sell my team, but I don't want to do that yet. Yeah. I mean, you only have five days to do it. I know. Well, it's Saturday. I mean, Saturday is a disaster. I mean, we're recording this during the Appalachian game. I should check to see if Peoples, is, how's he doing? Uh, so he's got like two yards and a touchdown, Yeah, uh, which is cool. But cool. actually, as we're recording this, right, Appalachian State is playing. And Casey just made a point that like almost everybody in the league has somebody playing right now in this game and it's only one game app state coastal carolina there are we're well over 100 points scored oh geez my wide receiver has a touch has 20 points already yeah i mean and 145 yards and a touchdown wowza i've had a lot of bites on him so anyone wants malik williams he's he's available so pat (laughs) pat hit me up maybe we can talk after this eric all right we can do that you know what's what the what is interesting? I think I've offered Adrian Martinez to everyone in the league, and yeah. no one wants him. And he is the top player in our league, and no one wants him. Well, you know, um, my problem with him, Eric, is his remaining schedule. I know he's like the entire team in terms of offensive output, but he still has to play Iowa. Who else? Don't they have like the hard, one of the oh, hardest remaining schedules? Wisconsin, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Purdue. Those are that's the what he has. In like. Iowa, look at look at what he put up against Oklahoma, Michigan. Um, I mean, he doesn't. He plays better against those teams. Like he, Minnesota is the one who shut him down. Otherwise, Michigan he put up thirty seven. Northwestern he put up thirty seven. Michigan State he put up twenty five. Oklahoma he put up twenty five. Like. It, it almost helps to play. But anyway, I'm not trying to sell Adrian Martinez. It sure to, sounds the, like you are, this. though. I was, just, I was just completely shocked when I was trying to bail on the year uh, a couple weeks ago. And everyone was like, no, I like my quarterback better. I was like, really? I mean, I again, I'm not the one to say. I'm not saying Adrian Martinez is a good quarterback. But I am saying he's a good fantasy quarterback. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying uh, kind of the... Uh the male looking for male type of deal here. But if Alex wants to go all in on this season, I mean, he had the um, bandwagon and he's kind of lost it now because his quarterback got benched and probably isn't going to play again this year. I'm just saying, Alex, Eric, I think you guys need to do some draft picks. Get Alex. Martinez over to Alex. Alex, and, uh, you can, you can have Adrian Martinez. Yeah, there you go. See, like, I think, I think that'd be an interesting one. Yep. Okay. We should, we should kind of get this thing moving. We have a lot going on. Um, we just finished the John. Was, we're looking at an outline, guys, so you, you can kind of hear how the, we're going also this. too. This is like the most thorough outline we've. Um, it is. Done yet. It's very extensive. Uh, the next one is the Mark and Creed uh, trade that happened, and we've got a voicemail that we need to kick things off with. Um, for that one, so let me let me play that. Hello, Eric. Hello, uh, Liquored Up. Uh, great work on the podcast by the, uh, this season, by the way. It's going great. Um, I guess my question, if it's more of a rant than a question, but uh, I just wanted to know, uh, there's been a lot of trading going on this season. Uh, more than normal? I don't know. Dick? It just seems like there's a lot, and I don't like it. Um, and... One of the trades in particular was in week three where two teams basically threw in the flag for 2021 and uh, dumped some of their best players on the Creed in the same day. Um, So just maybe this is directed at all three of you, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on this insane trade uh, so early in the season. Um, It was a trade between Mark and Creed and Mark gets, uh, yeah, Mark gets any draft uh, from Creed's, any pick from Creed's draft next year for 14th round pick in 2023. 
That's garbage. Okay, basically what happened is Mark traded away Trey Veron Henderson, Ohio State's running back, who's averaging 25 points per game, and Deuce Vaughn, who's Kansas State's running back, who's averaging 20 points per game for one pick for next year. And it, and it I just can't believe that. Um, and then part two question, sorry, two-parter, we were talking about Mark. Um, <laughs> But in the same day, John traded his number one draft pick this year, Coastal Carolina's quarterback, and his third-round pick this year, Penn State's top-wide receiver, for a fourth-round pick next year, and two of Creed's garbage players, which is just, like, insane. I, I just – I have to summarize this up here. But Mark traded away two of his top picks for this year for what is likely Creed's number one pick next year. And John traded away his top picks this year for Creed's fourth round next year. And this all happened in September, three weeks into the season. My question is, did Creed make one of the greatest trades of all time and completely turn around what likely would have been a loss? And if Creed wins this year, should the league team up and troll the shit out of Mark and John? Thank you, guys. Uh, can't wait to hear this podcast. That, that was an all-timer. <laughs> it, it was a long... I mean, that was that was a podcast in and, in and of itself right there. <laughs> that was longer. Yeah, it was longer than... It was a long one. He's, I mean, he's got some points. It was a very early trade to be bailing on the year. Um, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's got some points. What do you guys think? I, I don't know... <laughs> I mean, every year at some point, there's somebody that that pulls the bandaid off and is like, "I'm done for the season." Like, I'm looking at my roster. I got one or two guys. I'm gonna just turn them in and get draft pick and hope next year's better. Um, and I mean, as I've said, like, I'm very jealous of these people with their hope. I wish I had hope right now, and I don't. I'm instead listening to like pregame radio shows and getting bad information. <laughs> um, and I think every time it happens, there's, there is a reflex where people are not happy about it. Um, it is very interesting this year, though, how quickly it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I had people reaching out to me. I mean, I mean the, 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 the early tanking is one of those things that is like a uh, we need to change the rules type of deal that people are coming to me about, um, which is, is normally not how it happens. But uh I, this is I, I I wish we had a voicemail from Mark to uh, address this, and maybe he can do that for next time, or maybe yeah. I mean, um, I don't know how much he pays attention to the Google Chat or anything, but uh, would love to hear his thought process um, behind bailing that early. Um, I mean, I, I do think him crafting the trade where he just gets to pick whoever he wants from Creed. I think that's beautiful because like. Mark might end up with like a good quarterback in the first round and like in the third round somehow like Creed like gets this really good running back and Mark's like a, like it actually looks a lot better so than whoever. Does it say when when it's executed? Like is it executed before the year starts or does he get to like wait and see if like oh did that's this guy like did, did he have a sleeper pick in the 13th round that was you know a Blake Corum type guy and and you're mm. like oh do I I want that guy. Uh so, my understanding of the trade is that so kudos to Mark for coming up with something that was, you know, different and out there. Mm-hmm. He still got shafted because he gave up two guys that could have got first round picks for one potential first round pick. But my understanding is that when the draft is over, Mark can review his roster and then can go look at creeds and pick any player he wants. Which and- in my mind is not as valuable. I would rather let it play out three or four weeks and see who's who because in college, this is not an NFL league where you're like, oh, that guy's yeah. going to be good. That was a good pick you know, at, on this sixth round or whatever. In college, there are free agents that are top players, you know, and bust out, so... You know, uh, so there's a lot of stuff to unpack from Peter's, you know, voicemail, but... I do like where your head's at, Eric. Like, there should be some sort of a clause that's like, after Mark loses his first game, 
then he can go get whatever player he oh, needs or man. something. That would be cool. That would be interesting, yeah. Um, I mean, Nick was talking to me about how the way Creed worded this email, like Creed actually has a lot of leeway in what he could do. Like Creed could trade away his like first four picks going for the championship this year and really screw over Mark um, because then Mark's just picking from some scraps on Creed's. Oh, um, man. Yeah, you're right. Um. So, but but before we get too much into you know into the Mark situation, because I I think most of the league is in agreement that Mark got fleeced uh, up and down, right? But I want to take one minute here to address John's side of the trade, and in order to do that, you have to look at the team that they all had at the time, because John's team name at the time was not Trade Me Draft Picks, right? Uh, he did trade away Grayson McCall, but he still had on his team Anthony Brown, the quarterback from Oregon, and Peyton Thorne, the Michigan State quarterback, who had just been putting up tons of points in the non-conference. Yeah, he was good at the time. Right? So I I remember distinctly when that trade was made, I was like, okay, the trade with John, Creed could lose that trade. Right? He gave up a fourth-round pick. And, you know, yeah, he got a quarterback and I forget what else, but like now that John has gone into full out rebuild mode and even got rid of some of those guys that he picked up in the trade, you know, Creed is definitely going to win the trade. But I remember at the time thinking that that was not a a terrible trade, really Uh, taken in isolation. And to Peter's point, the fact that like both trades went through within five minutes of each other. There was no time for the league to react. It was just like, wow, Creed just picked up five monsters on his team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, kudos to Creed because I think before that point, Creed's team he had won some games and he was in a good position, but his team overall was kind of weak because he wasn't scoring a lot of points. And I mean, he rectified that, so he got the W's and then he fixed the roster. So I guess that's he's aggressive. Uh, so the other thing I will say is, you know, to anybody else out there in the league that feels like this trade is unfair and we need to take action to correct it in the future. It looks like Mark might be a target to potentially, you know, everybody needs to be going to Mark, right? Hey, Mark, two years from now, you can have any pick on my team. <laughs> well, but he's going to he's going he's gonna to be the first to learn that that was crazy. Yeah, so we'll he's, see. he might be the, first, you know, the one to learn that he shouldn't do that. So the only thing that, uh, the only thing that really rankled me about the trade, um, because you know, Mark agreed, right? Whether it's a good trade, bad trade, yeah. like two people came to an agreement, and you know, it's everybody else's opinion one way or the other. But the thing that rankled me so hard was the. I'm just going to throw in a 2023 14th round draft pick. Like one, the rule on draft pick trading is you can only trade next year's picks, right? So like they have to go in and make up a thing once next year's league is created because nobody can trade a 2023 pick right now. But a 14th round pick is such a fuck you (laughs) to the league because it is such a low value pick. I mean, it literally just was like, I, I know people are not going to like this trade. And I'm just going to see how much shit I can just slide by them. And and that's kind of the other thing to this that I think um, is they got to remember all this. You know, I've had instances in my other my other league with uh, it, that does an NFL league where people have done trades like this that are so far out and then they forget to actually execute them until like a year after. And like, oh, yeah, I did that. And we forgot. Um, now, maybe our league is better at tracking that sort of stuff and putting reminders and whatnot. But if it's not even possible in Fantrax to trade that pick, then you have to remember in a year to do it. Um, that is an interesting aspect to this trade is that it's so far out that it, it requires further execution. Well, and, you know, uh, I'm all for uh, exotic trades and interesting things. I know I I specifically have been part of a couple of them. Uh, One of them with you, Eric, which was like if you qualify for the best of the rest, I get 
one thing or if you qualify for the playoffs i get another and it was always just for next year's pick right so like theoretically we could have done it but like when the league closes we just had to remember you know that would we would make the change but it was always for next year's pick Mm -hmm. and then you know casey and i did the one where it was like we're going to trade for a 10th but then if every 20 points that this person scores on your roster i get a better pick right and and that stuff was always i thought cool and i want to hopefully encourage that sort of thinking outside the box but man so it's it's but it's it's not that trading draft picks in two three four five years is illegal it's just that it's not possible within the software of Fantrax, right? It's not. It's like that is did, false. Yeah, I mean, we, we could, it's straight we up could. illegal, not in our bylaws or whatever. It's not allowed. <clears throat> so, so why was this trade allowed to go through? See what I mean? Is that go uh, back to Janice's complaint about we have no leadership? <laughs> Ooh, I'm just so saying. Spicy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like how how illegal is this trade? If it, okay, it can't happen in, you know, we're not going to be able to write bylaws and a constitution, all that sort of stuff that covers everything. So there are going to be loopholes. How free are we with those loopholes? Are we just saying, like, if it can happen in Fantrax and it's legal, if it can't, then it's not? Because then that limits the 20, you know, every 20 points you get a better draft pick, that sort of stuff as well. So what what are the stipulations? Because I thought this was legal. It's just going to be a challenge to execute. Commissioner, thoughts? Uh, you, you know, when Creed talked to me about the trade, yeah, I don't. I don't think I was told about the twenty twenty three part. I was. I was asked about the. Can this person? You know, Creed was kind of like a little. He wasn't providing me too many details. I thought it was Alex or Casey he was making the trade with, just based on what he was saying. But you know, he was like, "Can can they just pick whatever player they want off my team?" And I was like it's not in fan tracks, so you have to make sure you enforce it. And I'm not going to like be like the, uh, the bouncer for you to make sure this happens. Um, so I don't think he told me about the 2023 thing. Um, he so said, she said type of deal, but, um, so what you're I, saying is like when it comes to next year, when Mark has to trade the 14th rounder to Creed, and if Mark just were to say, no, I'm not going to do it then you're not going to enforce it? I mean, I don't really have a mechanism to enforce it, right? Like, Oh, really? So. Oh, you don't? You can't, as a commissioner, force through that uh, sort of thing? I, 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 I could maybe. I, I'm sure that I have the ability to impersonate Mark and make the trade happen. Nick but... is, you can't hear this on the podcast, but Nick is ferociously yeah, no. nodding his head yes. You yeah, the commissioner can do whatever the fuck they want. Um, <laughs> and to that point, uh, the reason that you cannot trade, because fan tracks will allow you to trade I mean, we could, theoretically, Fantrax will let you trade a 2050 draft pick right now, <laughs> right? Um, the stipulation is the free version of Fantrax only allows mm. one year in the future, right? Oh, I gotcha. And so that's where the whole, you know, it's not a rule, but that's like where the whole uh, concept came from is like draft pick trading is allowed and the free version allows it one year in the future, Right. But Fantrax could keep track of all these going out. We'd have to just upgrade to, you know, pay Fantrax. What's it cost to go to the premium? Uh, I don't even remember. Um, it was like hundred bucks. Yeah, oh, it's not with much. Twelve players in the league, we could easily do that. I mean, I'm yeah. not advocating for. Didn't realize how easy it was. Hey, can you guys still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some something happened with my. We're gonna we're gonna pause this real quick. But yeah, I'm definitely putting on my LU and non hat right. 
Ah, oh, dang it. We didn't lose the entire pod, did we? Okay, can you say something? Hello, hello. There, it works now. Okay, maybe we won't have right. to edit that out. That wasn't that long. So Nick just said he's putting on his LU and on hat. Yeah, I mean, as I'm talking about this, it's like, okay, hold on. Maybe Creed is trying to sneak in a little something extra, and he's like, you know, I'll just back off. Total conspiracy theory, but, you know, crazier things have happened. So what's your cons- – explain your conspiracy. You think he's going to back off of what? He's going to just say, you know what, let's not even worry about the 2023 draft pick, right? Yeah, Everybody's he's... so mad about stuff. So I mean, I'll it's just... basically worthless anyway. I mean, We've all kind of – it's it's not really a – I don't know why that was thrown in because – because it does feel thrown in, right? Like, yeah. Like, in what world do you look at, you know, I, I'm taking his two best players and I'm giving him almost nothing in return. Mm-hmm. And you know what I need? I need I need a 14th rounder. <laughs> in two years. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it definitely just feels yeah. like a little, a little, a little extra. Right. Yeah. Right. And I know about a 17 year old that's going to blow up for Iowa state that no one knows about that. I'm just going to sneak onto my team in two years. Yeah. Now okay, I wouldn't we... put it past Creed to, you know, be looking at local high schools. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we are less than halfway through our outline and we are 40 minutes in. So we not, not that I'm a guest against an, a 90 minute episode, but, um, we should move on yeah, yeah. Um, to trade deadline trades or uh, deadline yeah, let, trades. That makes sense. Which let me I've just, got, I'll I've just got go a couple my, voicemails. Well, let me, before you get to those, let me just do my three, you know, things real quick. And then, uh, you know, then we can move on. But I came up with uh, three trades that I think would potentially make sense uh, as we get to the deadline. And we'll start with our old buddy, John, uh, who, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot left, but he does still have the Texas Tech wide receiver, Eric Ezukanma. Yeah, um, who's been traded a couple times, right? Um, I think he's been on John's team all year. Oh, um, okay. Oh, these are, okay, I got you. Never mind. Yeah, and so John has a wide receiver of middling value. I mean, he's like 11-point wide receiver. He's, it's good. I mean, he's good, good wide receiver. Um, And so I think... Alex and Pat are two guys that are out there really looking kind of for some some wide receiver help. And so my my proposal here would be for Alex to offer up Dion McIntosh um, and a fifth rounder to John for this Eric Ezukanma. That's just kind of my personal fair trade. And then Pat, in an effort to kind of one-up him, would offer Trevon Clark um, and a fourth rounder in exchange for Eric Ezukanma and like, you know, a ninth rounder or a throwaway pick kind of, but just to kind of, kind of load the pot a little bit, but two potential trade partners for John there. Um, and then the last one that I had was, you know, Creed's team. We've already talked about the trades, but I mean, his team is absolutely stacked at every position except the tight end. And I'm a firm believer that like tight ends, while they don't score a lot of points, Right, the top four or five options mm-hmm. are so much better than everybody else, right? And Creed's guy is averaging like two points a game as a tight end. Like, his team's good enough that it doesn't really matter. But if he wants to go over the top, I'm thinking he needs to pick up the phone and he needs to get out his wallet and call Jamie and see what he wants for Charlie Kohler because Jamie seems to be in fire sale mode. Uh, made another deal uh, earlier today, so that might make some potential sense there. I've been thinking like a third, third rounder, maybe Jamie will hold out for a little bit more, but it's the one weak spot in Creed's team. I mean, so you might throw some Bitcoin at Jamie and see if he says yes to that. I mean, Jamie just picked up his, uh, El Salvadorian citizenship Bitcoin. So. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's got a, his beers aren't paid for dollars with dollars anymore. They... <laughs> wait, wait, he got a full Bitcoin, uh, 30 bucks worth. Yeah. So like a, a quarter of a quarter of a quarter of a bitcoin oh yeah okay um okay so those are some great potential trades we've got one voicemail and one texted question about trades um would now be a good time for that the only thing i'm just gonna say is like the tight end situation is just dark um 
I might tie it on a buy this week and I was like looking through the waiver wire and free agency. I'm like, it's not even worth picking up any of these guys. Like I, maybe I will just like end up deciding to, but they're like worse than kickers at this point this season. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty bad. Um, okay. So Creed writes in, he says, uh, do you think this will be a slow trade deadline and how many trades have already occurred? So it kind of goes back to, <laughs> Um, was it Peter who mentioned that it was pretty busy deadline? Uh, and then he says, and who do you think is the most likely player to still be traded? I think Nick is going with Eric Ezukanma. Yeah, that's um, my he's, pick. He's mentioned that twice. Um, Brian, any thoughts? Did not realize that Jamie had Kohler. Um, Jamie should just be like, just publicly auctioning off him at this point. Uh. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I think I think to the question is it going to be busy? I think Alex and I, either one of us. So Alex and I, we're going to discuss this here in a second. Alex and I are both going to play each other this week. Um, whoever loses that game is going to be in a much worse position. One of us could be in a fire sale position at that point, and then Pat and Eric, yourself, if somehow you, either one of you loses this weekend. Um, you could also start looking at your roster and going, right. like, could I just, could I, could I, could I get something out of this? Yeah. Um, I mean, if I lose to Casey this weekend, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to be selling everything, including the shirt off my back. <laughs> so it's already been a busy season. So I feel like that just yeah. is going to make you think it's going to be busy. And I think if there's like one upset or something just doesn't look good for one of the people who are kind of on that edge right now, I, I think, um, I don't know like what the top four draft pick wise, what they have left, but I, I could see some teams really yeah, selling. I think because it's been so busy, the deadline's going to be a little slower um, just because there's fewer options. Um, I think a wide receiver off John's team and Kohler, they're probably the most likely to be moved. Um, I would also throw in if I lose to Casey, then everyone on my roster is likely to be moved. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. But then I've got kind of a murderer's row left after that. So, um, okay. So to the question about is is there been a lot of trades this year? Uh, I have some statistical data. We go all the way back to 2014, but it's it's not really worth going that far back since draft pick trades weren't really a big thing back then. Um, but 2016, there were 10 trades, 10 players were traded, right? So like, obviously one trade would involve two players, but 10 players were traded 2017, two players were traded. That was it. So really? Yeah. 2018 is when draft pick trades came into play and you saw the immediate effects. A total of 37 players were draft or traded. Similar story in 2019 with 38 players switching teams. And then last year, a little bit of a quiet year with 10. So already here, as we're nearing the deadline, though, uh, 28 players have been traded. So almost three times as many as last year. But last year, you know, seemed to be very slow. Interesting. And and so we still need 10 more, though, to get to the regular. So, So the one thing that I will say that as I was like, you know, just getting things set up, I did notice there was like, um, I don't know how to describe this, some knickknack trades, you know, like somebody like trading somebody for like a seventh rounder or something like that. And it's not like that's like a, it, it feels like, you know, people are just kind of throwing around some draft picks to maybe hit some gold. And it feels like maybe the difference this year is people are throwing around that first rounder a little bit more. Maybe, maybe that's not true, but it kind of feels like it. Hmm. I uh, don't have the answer right off the top of my head, and I don't I don't want to say something without you know having any data. But I will agree with you that it seems like I was going to say what seems to me that has happened is the first rounders have become more valuable or more precious for people, right? I feel like I almost felt like there hasn't been as many first rounders being traded. Ooh. How um, many first rounders have been traded? That's uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't have that information right now. I'll try to pull it up um, while you're talking. Um, but you know, I do think like, and, uh, as we mentioned, you know, John has what four fourth round picks or something like that. So like, you know, he's loading up on areas of the draft where there is still value to be found. 
right? All the superstars might might be gone. Um, but also, if you look back and remember to like one of our earlier podcasts this year, right? Like three first round picks were, you know, like obviously Eric, you had the one the one guy that was just you know kind of a fluke. Um, but then like another guy got injured. Uh, Spencer Rattler has been benched, right? I mean. Uh, I only Alex. see I only see one first round draft pick that's been traded, oh, really? and it's so it's, it's um yeah. it's you, Brian. So from your perspective, it seems like a lot. But yeah, it's been so. so and to what Nick was saying too, though, like I was kind of thinking about it, and I was like, I was like, I don't know, like how valuable the first round pick actually is. Like you know, I'm just trying something different this year because I'm like, everyone's going for the quarterback they want, so it's like there's only conceivably <laughs> there's only twelve quarterbacks at the most really that somebody's going to grab nobody's going to i wouldn't imagine somebody going quarterback to quarterback back to back um so i was like maybe that first round pick isn't really that valuable um especially now that we just see like as yeah. alex will, will uh play his violin you know alex is two out of the last three years now his first round pick hasn't it's, made it like halfway yeah, through the season it's tough to say how valuable first i mean it's tough to judge because you can find someone anywhere yeah. that's good. Um, it's not nearly as valuable as an NFL one, obviously. Yeah. Um, we've got another voicemail here, and I can't remember exactly. I've got noted that it's it got something to do with um, with trades. Right. So let me pull that up here. Also, um, this is Phil Bot. I just want to say the trade between Jamie and Nick is horseshit. I tried to get Colbert, and Kedon Slovis is a bum. And that uh, was it. So, so, so that's interesting. You know, I didn't add it to our outline, but as as we are talking about fleecing. The fact that you did not have to give up a single draft pick to take players away from Jamie at this point in the season is absolutely fucking bonkers to me. I, I missed this trade. What I got to go pull it, it up It happened now. last night, I think. No, this morning, I think. This morning, yeah. Was... Uh, no, it was yesterday afternoon. I and so Philbot tried to get it from you. And you... No, no, no. Or from, I cannot, from him. I cannot speak to what Philbot was doing. But what he's saying is he tried to get... Um, Jalen Tol- Tolbert. Tolbert. Yeah. From Jamie. And something happened. It uh, nothing happened, apparently. No, no, no. He, I mean, obvi- make a trade, obviously yeah. Jamie obviously Jamie didn't didn't like that trade, apparently. And well, so and like I said, I don't know what you know Philbot was doing if he was like, I want Jalen Tolbert and I'll give you, you know, whatever, name your draft round pick. Right. But the difference between whatever Philbot may have been offering and what I was offering is Keaton Slovis. Right, appears to be coming back into form. He's you know throwing up 30, 35 points a game now, and Jamie's quarterback just got hurt. Right, so maybe a better trade would have been to offer in just the quarterback for Tolbert. But I I threw in the sweetener of uh, you know Nebraska's home run hitter, wide receiver Samore Toure. So you know what's what's the story with Taylor Powell then? Oh, he's already he's off my team. I just I don't know. I was trading a quarterback. Okay, I was like, you can give me your quarterback. I mean, I dropped him already. So but. it's just Tolbert for Slovis and Torre. Yeah, Tolbert was my was what I wanted. Was another you know good that, quality wide receiver. It, it feels like a. I mean, yeah, especially if Jamie's not in the race. Um, I got to pull up the stadi- standings, but I mean, he, he, he that was obviously a trade that he thinks he can still make a move this year um, you know here's here's the other thing right is somebody was just talking about alex needs wide receiver help or quarterback help sorry uh bk you said that yeah i mean keaton slovis could be on jamie's chopping block for like a fourth round pick who knows there are quarterbacks out there if alex wants them um adrian martinez being one of them yeah martinez um, i will give casey, him away. casey thompson from texas i'm saying like i um or now slovis probably um, or the best player in the league. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, see, the thing is with a magic is like you have like don't this... call him a magic. Don't okay. call. 
is, is you just have this mentality of like it's 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 hard to sometimes I think think that he's a great fantasy player because uh, I mean he's their entire offense right so um so yeah I mean the stats don't lie though he's number one and Nebraska I I feel like you were going somewhere with that to say that he's a he there he's a smokescreen or something well where, yeah where are like, you going with that like I I, oh. I clearly admit he's not a good quarterback oh I've said that no, multiple like, times I, I think we but just he's established a he's a great quarter a great fantasy quarterback and but you in your mind you're like Nebraska keeps coming up short like so yeah. like I, I mean I but, like... but also but also he's probably one of the top two if not the top quarterback in the big 10 it's it there's not very good quarterbacks in the big 10 and you um, don't think Petrus is better than him? No, I don't. Um, but uh, just, to, to answer your point, to answer your point about Petrus, uh, Mark, who dropped Keaton Slovis to pick up Petrus just so he had a quarterback, oh would have God. been better off not playing a quarterback because yeah. he finished with minus points. Just saying. Yeah, that was not good. So, anyway. Um Oh, we're, so we're getting what I was going to say about that is, like, I feel like sometimes when you pick up a player, like, you pick up, like, a Wisconsin running back, and you're like, he's a Wisconsin running back. He's going to be good. And, like, so, like, you kind of have this mentality, but, you know, obviously, Martinez is killing it in the stats, and he continues to. Um, right. He's a, yeah. And Nebraska does have the problem, it seems like, this year, where they play up to their opponent, but not above their opponent. So, right. even if they still have Ohio State left. But he's it, probably gonna I mean, really well there. Yeah, it just doesn't matter if he's the one scoring every touchdown. You know, like anyway, let's move on. Um, do we have more in the trade talk uh, discussion? We did Creed's question already. Mm-hmm. We did yeah, Creed's question. The, uh... Yep, that was a texted one. Oh right, right. Okay, yeah. Then I think we're. I mean, I think we're in for maybe a potential wild last five days of trades, but yeah. uh, we'll see. I think if it's if we don't end up having the most amount of trades, it feels like it's just a very emotional year. I don't know. Maybe it's because we didn't have a lot last year, but maybe it's because Creed and Mark did this trade that really set everyone off. Which, and I didn't realize that uh, the trade that I made with Jamie was going to set people off, or whatever, a robot, whatever. I, um, I mean, I personally, I just felt like this late in the season, like Jamie's not in it for a divisional bottle at this point. So maybe best of the rest, but he, like I, I think he should be looking towards next season, and I think he should at least be taking a draft pick from you. And I don't know if that's a fourth or fifth rounder, but just something to to make you give up next season. Part of what was now, behind part of what was behind that question though was that he was going for the same player, and it's it's yeah. very easy to kind of forget who you were talking to about what players and stuff, and so he could have easily just forgotten that. Slovis was offered or whatever it was. Um. So, yeah. Um, I, th- I mean, I think this makes a nice transition to why we're all doing this trading is the uh, playoff outlook. We all got four games left. And it's a spicy race at this point. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's it's spicy because we have four teams who are kind of at the win in your end point where normally six wins kind of guarantees you a playoff spot. Um, and then we have Would four Would you other... like the stats on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that'd be awesome. I, I, kind of, I kind of figured that out myself, but yeah, I'd like to see your stats and see if it can... Well, you keep talking. I'll pull them up real quick. Yeah, so we have four teams who are kind of at the win in your end place. So Phil Brooks, Nick, Peter, and Creed. If one of them notches one more win, statistically, they're really at a good place for so making the playoffs. So pretty much they're all in. Yeah. They'll all get one win in four games. Yeah, and then there's four other teams fighting for the last two spots. Um so Pat, Eric, Alex, and myself. Um, we're all at four and three. And w- there's a lot of uh, cross pollination. We're all playing each other com- coming up in the next uh final four games. So sort of. Sort of. <laughs> I don't I, I don't I don't get the pleasure of playing a lot of you. Well, you got Pat and Nick and Creed. You, you oh, actually, yeah. you, you, I, I, I was just, I guess, counting them as kind of in. Yeah, your, your situation is kind of Creed's in, here. Nick's yeah. in. I'm talking Pat is really the only one I'm playing yeah, with that. You can knock him out. And then we have this last four who mathematically, if one of them were to win their final four games, they could sneak in. But given that we've established already that a lot of these guys are fire sales, it just seems like they're probably done for the season. 
All right, so my stats go more on games lost. And keep in mind that last year was the first year that there was only six teams that made the playoffs. Um, but basically, if you lose six games, it's a toss-up. It's a 50-50 on if you're going to make the playoffs. If you lose only five games, it's like an 80%, you know, unless it's a really strong year, you're going to get in. So, Yeah, and then that's... And I kind of did the math myself too. I a different way. I, I was looking to see what was the lowest win total to get you in the playoffs. And in 2020, there was a three-way tie with five wins uh, for the final spot. 2019, so again, eight teams. So a little bit different. Four wins got you into the playoffs. And I think that might have been the the year that Eric started the podcast and, uh, and started st- started saying that too many people made it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and who was that four-win team? Do you know? Uh, Probably I, I me. <laughs> I'm not sure. And then in 2018, uh, there was five wins again. So even still the top eight were... Uh, it was a four-way tie with five wins. So one person with five wins was left out. So pretty much six wins is bull eligibility. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, again, in the old eight-team playoff... And maybe, well, maybe now a, a days too, which I think leads kind of into what Brian was thinking earlier and what we've seen with people, you know, throwing in the towel in week three. I mean, that is crazy to me. Uh, I mean, and speaking, whatever, what, whatever year it was, I started 0-2 and, and then I won the league. So, like, th- yeah. I mean, week three, like, you haven't even got out of non-conference play yeah, yet. Yeah. Like, your Sunbelt players are literally getting their asses kicked (laughs) so that their school can play football yeah yeah that's the uh that's the thing about some belt players now especially now as we get into this because really conference plays really just starting in earnest for those teams so looking at the um so of the sorry go ahead eric oh no go ahead i've just got a voicemail coming up whenever you get a chance Okay. Yes. So looking at the first four win one in your end, Peter is kind of the interesting one here. He has um, three games against what we would call this top eight opponent. Um, so he's got Jamie this weekend. So he, he, he might win it and kind of get into that spot that we believe is a, a playoff spot, but he's got Phil Brooks, myself and Alex remaining on the schedule. So he's got the, the end to end the season. Ooh, that's rough. So, yeah, yeah. So Peter's kind of like in this spot where, I mean, his team looks really strong. I am on 